The Trilogy Podcast with Vin and Scott. Three movies, two men, one podcast. Every time you touch the ice, remember it was Hans that taught us to fly. I tell you, Scott, when I hear this song, the first thing that pops into my mind is the trilogy we're going to be doing. Oh, yeah. This time around. Oh, it's iconic. I hear this beautiful song by Queen, and I say to myself, forget the history of that band. No. Oh, no. I say, we will rock you. How about we will quack you? Oh, you didn't go there, Scott. Oh, yeah. I'm going to quack you upside the head. Hey, stop it, man. With a bottle. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Trilogy Podcast. I'm Vin. And I'm Scott. And we are the only podcast in the universe dedicated strictly to trilogies. No reboot, no straight to cable. We're bringing you facts, debate, comedy, and more to hell with the movie if they made four, Scott. Yes. Scott, do you want to tell the sure. tell the ladies and gentlemen what we're doing here? We're doing the Mighty Ducks trilogy. Woo, why don't you give us another quack? Quack, 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 quack. We figured we had to do a freaking... Quack. <laughs> That's what I was looking for the first time. We have to do another kids movie, and we figured, why not connect a kids movie with the hockey season? Yes, starting uh, soon. Has to be starting soon. We're trying to time it out here, folks. Or has started. But uh, I know what a big hockey fan you are, Scott. Oh, no. Chris, our tech guy, joining us. Um, As always, he's a big hockey guy, right, Chris? He's more a gun guy. <laughs> uh, well, you can be both a gun guy and a hockey guy. A Only hockey if you're guy. Canadian. I think that's a per- that's a good rule of thumb. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm not necessarily uh, a, a hockey guy, but I like sports. So. Sure, I like sports movies for sure. Yeah, me too. So we can, and we've actually talked about a lot of different sports movies and trill bits. And, we have. You know, this is the third, the third in what you might call the trilogy of sports films that follow this same basic format. Right. All right. When we've already done the Bad News Bears, the granddaddy of these. Right. Okay. And the adult version of the Bad News Bears, Major League. Right. I mean, it's interesting. We are switching uh, sports up, which is... That, that'll put us in a different place. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. They did another movie that's exactly this formula, too, called Little Giants. I remember that movie. Right. With Rick Moranis and... Uh, Ed O'Neill. Yeah. And it was, a, it was a bomb. People hated it. I liked it, but I was a child. Well, and that, as always, that often figures into how we remember these films. So I personally have had never seen any of these movies. I'm a little too old to have kind of caught on. I was in high school when the first one came out, not from a hockey world. So kids sports movies were on the rise. No question about it. These three movies are just they're another movie, but like done with Mighty Ducks. So the first movie is clearly Bad News Bears. Uh A hundred percent. The second movie is a lot more like Major League. Like when they had all the problems, yep, people that they had to deal with, and the third one is like a college movie, yeah, uh, like almost a, an Animal House yeah. or a Revenge of the it's Nerds, a different plot type. entirely, right? Okay, so we already touched down it a little bit, but naturally we have to have trilogy, but officially put a cap on what kind of a trilogy this is. Well, sure, he has to do it, but he's trying to, you know, he's trying to build back. So you know, this is this is good for him to be uh, doing this. You, you think know? we should? walk into this one with a positive attitude. I think so. All right, let's do that. The Mighty Ducks is a little something for the kids. 
That's what we call trilogies that have plots, characters, and themes specifically meant for children. Okay? Am I done now? Fuck yourselves. Scott, I see the rage in your eyes after Trilogy Bot's horrible. What a dick! Yeah. You know, I give him a chance, and, you know, how many chances can you give him? How many? As many chances as you can give a misbehaving child, which connects perfectly to the exact kind of trilogy he's describing. A little something for the kids. It's a category where we're basically dedicating a trilogy to children. It's yeah, right. as simple as that. You said before this might be a gang's all here. Yes, if it wasn't a it uh, wasn't kids s- movie. Such a sanitized film. Right. All right. Well done, Trilogy Bot. You've angered and upset us, as always. Scott, cheer up. Okay. Because your plots are coming. Oh, boy. Now, could we basically just tell the audience, hey, go back to the Bad News Bears, listen to those plots. It's very close. You could do that, or you could stay with us, and you could listen to Scott's plots. You know what? I can't say anything more, because it's the simplicity of that expression, Scott's plots, that sells it. So. You said it's sort of uh, Italian there. Did I? Yeah, like a Scott's plots. <laughs> well, thank God there's nothing musical. That- it's Scott's plots. It's Scott's plots. He's a god of the plot. He's a name of the scat. Scat plot. Scat plot. Scat I renounce my ethnicity. <laughs> Scott, take it from here. Okay. Um, what we do here is I'm going to give you a description of basically what happens in all the movies with no, uh, not getting too specific, no character names, no nothing like that. Um, and yeah, so if you haven't seen the movies, you'll get a gist of what happens. And if you have seen the movies, you don't feel like rewatching, I'll remind you. Yeah, perfect. All right. So we're going to start it off here with The Mighty Ducks. 1992. In Minnesota... An alcoholic lawyer haunted by a loss in a peewee hockey game is, is, <laughs> is arrested for driving while intoxicated and forced to coach a peewee hockey team. You know, there's no evidence that he's an alcoholic, okay? All of that is handled so quickly in the beginning. I think he's, he's a, an alcoholic. He's a successful lawyer. Then he's celebrating. For some reason, his boss doesn't want, doesn't care that he's successful, yeah. rebukes him for being successful. Like, if, if that's the way he takes... What he perceives as failure, then he probably drinks a lot. You think? I think he's an alcoholic. Oh, my God. Wow. The signs were there, but it was Disney alcoholic. You know what I mean? Guess so. I hadn't even thought of it that way. Yeah. Although you don't see him really struggle with the bottle the rest of the movie. At no point in time. That's what I'm I'm trying to say. But I guess, isn't that like court mandated that he could get like, he could probably get like tested? I think you're overthinking it. I really do. I'm just saying. He got in trouble with the law. The team is a group of misfits who suck at hockey. And after finding out that his old coach, who taught him to win at any cost, is still coaching his old team, the alcoholic lawyer aggressively pushes them to win by resorting to cheating. After a few embarrassing losses, the team gives up on the alcoholic lawyer and walks out. The alcoholic lawyer then visits his old German friend who makes ice skates, who reminds him that it's a game and it's about having fun. He just worked at a sporting goods store. 
I don't think he makes ice skates. It's his own shop, though, where he makes that, ice skates. No, I think that the, the sporting goods store just sharpens skates. I don't think he, he makes... I, I don't know, you describe him as an ice skate maker. I don't know. It seems like he could have. <laughs> Reinvigorated, the alcoholic lawyer gets his lawyer boss to sponsor the team so he can purchase equipment, recruit new players, and even rename the team. The alcoholic lawyer finds out that due to redistricting, one of the players on his old coach's team, their best player, should be on his team. Suddenly a gerrymandering plot yeah. is involved, a local... Yeah. Oh no, the Republicans came in and ruined <laughs> everything, and it's, uh... it is no longer part of District 5. <laughs> District 5. <laughs> Just the fact that Hans is the one that tells him that piece of information I find funny. Like, oh yeah. Oh, did you not know? Why does this like, creepy old man know everything you're a about lawyer peewee hockey? In this area. <laughs> I mean, I thought you would be the one who would know about this for some reason. Not Hans. Why is I keep a district map in my house all the time. Why? He's an old stalker, dude. <laughs> He's crazy. I am creepy. He's not beloved. He's like, well, God, Hans has showed up at hockey practice again. He's sitting in the last row watching us. <laughs> That's how that scene should have gone when he goes to visit him. It's just, hey, yeah, I need you to stop showing up at the hockey games, okay? People are starting to complain. Stop being weird, okay? I like the children. You don't, hey, yeah, you don't have a I grandchild. I make the skates. <laughs> no, that, all right. I don't just shop in them. Just, I make the skates. Just give us the skates, Hans. Afterwards, the alcoholic lawyer and his old coach get in a heated argument and the team overhears an out-of-context comment and totally overreacts. I mean... And walks out, causing them to forfeit. The whole crisis is simply based upon a Three's <laughs> Company-esque right. misunderstanding <laughs> listening from around the corner. It is ridiculous. You're saying this kid is uh, Mr. Roper in this yeah, situation. Exactly. <laughs> no matter what Estevez does, he can never... Prove that he's trustworthy to these children. No. Ever. Never. No. In any of the movies. They're second-guessing him at every well, you turn. you also notice it's always that one kid, too. Uh, Jesse. Jesse. The Michael Jackson moonwalker, son of a bitch. <laughs> he's, he walks out like four times in this movie. Uh, it's always him like, you don't know us, and then just walks out, and everyone's like, yeah. And then yeah. like four kids go with him every time. Seriously. The lawyer boss ends up making a deal with the old coach to keep their best player as long as the alcoholic lawyer agrees to retract his protest. The alcoholic lawyer refuses and is fired. Yep. Boy, you're really giving up a lot, frankly. I mean, is that too much, Bot? That he gets fired? Oh, no, I don't. Oh, that he's giving up. Sorry, <laughs> I, I misunderstood. I was like, <laughs> I thought you were like, you. why are you even talking about that? I was like, I don't know. I thought it was a plot no, point. Like, he's giving up a lot. <laughs> yeah, okay. For yeah. the hockey team. That's all I'm saying. The alcoholic lawyer is able to gain the trust of the team back, and they are able to fight their way into the finals against his old coach's team. They tie the game, and it all comes down to one penalty shot by the alcoholic lawyer's favorite kid. Boy, I had no idea that was going to happen, you know, from the first two minutes of this film. Oh, yeah. I had no idea that we would get back down to that again. Oh, you mean the flashback scene we saw seven times in the movie? <laughs> Unlike his old coach... The alcoholic lawyer tells him to do his best, and whatever happens, they've already won. Jesus. How dare Lane Smith, our old friend from My Cousin Vinny, how dare he want the kids to win? 
Like, they really half-assedly vilify him as it suits this movie. Because, frankly, at different parts, you're like, that sounds pretty reasonable, what he's saying. (laughs) Then later, you're like, oh, dear God, he's a monster. These kids say hawk like it's Nazi. Like, you know, the whole time, they're like, oh, he's a hawk. I'm so glad you're saying the word. (laughs) I'm so glad you're saying the word Nazi. Yeah. Maybe, okay, I don't know if I should have said that, but what I mean is <laughs> I wrote it down here to basically describe every villain in this entire trilogy is Nazi-esque. Yeah. Every single one. It's easy. It Blonde makes a very hair, blue eyes. They're all Nazis. The favorite kid uses one of the alcoholic lawyer's old moves and scores, winning the game. Later on, the alcoholic lawyer is off to try out for a minor league hockey team, promising to return next season. Ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Yeah. I did it, guys. Love these plots, because they're so familiar. And uh, now we uh, move on with D2, The Mighty Ducks. 1994. We find out the alcoholic lawyer did, in fact, make it onto a minor league hockey team. Bullshit. Only to sustain a career-ending injury. (laughs) Within the first minute of this film, they have dispatched of this entire minor league plot, and they have dealt with the loss of the German man, replacing him with... His name could have been fucking Franz. You know what I mean? Like, it was like... So the first guy was matter. Hans, and this guy's is Franz? No, he's Jan. Uh, Hans and Franz it, are okay. the SNL. It's uh, the same thing. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, this also uh, continues the tradition of using flashbacks right at the beginning of the movie that uh, they sustained for and, all of the movies. And Scott, I saw young Gordon, and he's with the sepia tones, and he's skating. It's a great scene. Yeah. And then they keep coming back to it and reusing it okay oh over and over it's dead dad it's beautiful the first time by the third time i'm like i'm glad you're dead yeah but even at the beginning with the shot of him you know of him missing the shot over and over and over again oh, we have to see it constantly like, enough we get it we understand have a friend tell you what happened in the first movie <laughs> he is then offered to coach the american team in a series of international games played in la with no real credentials why don't you just coach the most important kids team in the nation well, I mean, it's not like he's coaching for the Olympics. This is for a a charity. It's for the Goodwill Games. Excuse me. Exactly. They make the Goodwill Games out to be the most fucking Hollywood thing you can imagine. Yeah. To the point where he's getting international press. Celebrities know him. Scott, name for me anything you know about the Goodwill Games. I'll wait. Nothing. Thank you. With the help of his favorite kid... They get almost the whole team back together and are assigned new players from around the country, all with unique talents. Stereotypes. Yes. <laughs> Which they accompany with music that actually matches each stereotype. Uh, the alcoholic lawyer starts to enjoy the luxurious lifestyle in L.A. and begins <laughs> to neglect the team. Nonetheless, the team easily wins their first few games. Until they suffer a crushing defeat against the Icelandic team. Oh, God. Coached by a former pro hockey player. Who looks like Vigo Morgenstern. Morgenstern? Morgenstern. Looks just like him. Mortensen. Mortensen. Mortensen? Vigo Mortensen. Yes. Meanwhile, this this fucking Danish actor can't even speak English well to the point where... Is he actually a a Danish actor? Yeah. Oh, wow. And so you can't understand any of his dialogue, really. To the point where Estevez actually has to repeat some of his dialogue back to him so that we, the audience, understand what he just said. Yeah. I will get you. You're going to get us? Like that kind of shit. Like, I'll kill you. You're going to kill me. Honestly, it's just like that. I noticed in the whole movie. In response to the defeat, 
the alcoholic lawyer pushes the team harder and harder. The kid's tutor catches them all sleeping in class and cancels their hockey practice. The only advice she seems to have throughout any of this is, these kids need more sleep. <laughs> I sent them home. They need more Less sleep. hockey, more sleep. It's like happens like three scenes in a row. She's like, they're tired. <laughs> is that all you can contribute? How, how long is this going on for? Isn't it like a week? Yeah. I don't. What kind <laughs> like, of training is this? Yeah. Like day four. She's like, my God, they're so tired. It'll be yeah. over in a few days. Yeah. Like it's basic training. <laughs> yeah. The team then meets up with some L.A. street kids playing roller hockey. And it's kind of silly because aren't they already street kids? It's almost like you're not gritty enough. We've got to take you really to the street. Well, I mean, it's all it's doing is like, you got to play roller hockey. And we're like, well, we've seen them on roller blades. We've just never seen them play roller It's kind of strange, and maybe this is the only time I'll mention this in the podcast, but they really use roller blades and roller blading with ice hockey in an interchangeable way. Like, if you can do one, you can do the other, and it doesn't work that way. No. It really doesn't. No. I mean, roller blades are a lot easier. I agree. Yeah. One street kid has been watching every game and tells them they need to learn how to play, so they teach them. A lot of nerve. A lot of nerve. Then... The brother of the old German man visits and reminds the alcoholic lawyer that it's just a game and it's about having fun. Never thought of that. Reinvigorated, the alcoholic lawyer... <laughs> He's always reinvigorated. <laughs> always. That's a great word to <laughs> use to describe him. Uh, reinvigorated, the alcoholic lawyer returns to coach the team to another victory and advance to the next round. The alcoholic lawyer notices the best player from the first one has been hiding an injury and has to bench him, leading them to recruit that one street kid who leads them to a victory and gets them into the finals against Iceland. That whole injury is handled in such kind of a half-assed way. Yeah. Like so many of the things. I wasn't doing my job. Points, wasn't like, paying attention. Sorry. Who would know? Who gives a shit enough? That injury pops out. He and we're couldn't like, turn his wrist, though. Oh, gosh. As needed in the plot. Yeah. First he can't. Then he's like, look, coach, I can fucking turn my wrist. Yeah. Uh, great. <laughs> then later, he can't turn his wrist. They no. be like, no, the swelling's bad. He's going to fuck it up again. No, if he Scott, <laughs> They've got to put Keenan in the movie. You know. Keenan riles me up a little bit, Scott. All right. I, don't like I just think it's, I mean, I think it's I don't amazing. like him. I He's don't been around like, forever. I now. don't like the knuckle puck. It doesn't make sense. It's I love dumb. the knuckle puck. You told me that and on the phone. And it makes absolutely no sense. You told me that on the phone before I saw the movie. You are like, keep an eye out for the knuckle puck. And I was like, all right, I will. No, because you were talking about being yeah. ridiculous. And I was like, wait for the knuckle puck. And, and it's, it's ridiculous. I know. And, uh, and you cannot do that. The best player returns, but Street Kid has taken his roster spot, so the favorite kid gives up his spot to assistant coach. After an embarrassing first part of the game, the alcoholic lawyer gives the team new uniforms with the old team's name and a rousing speech. Reinvigorated. <laughs> the team is able to tie the game and it all comes down to a shootout, naturally. With a lead in the shootout, the alcoholic lawyer switches his regular fat goalie for a faster girl goalie who has been on the bench the whole time. She's clearly the better goalie. Obviously. All the time. <laughs> in every movie, in they, every situation. They score on Goldberg constantly in these movies. If I were Goldberg, I would also be an, a drunken alcoholic, which is what he became in real life. The girl goalie is able to block the shot, and the American team wins. The biggest news in the country at that point in time. The Pee Wee hockey team won the Goodwill Games. Yeah. Remember, huge. Me, remember when that happened in real life? D3 
The Mighty Ducks. 1996. Why do they keep doing this D2, I, D3 I know. thing? Every single one of these movies is called The Mighty Ducks. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> with a colon D2, D3. I think, you know what? It, I think it was in direct response to Terminator. Terminator, yep. T2. I, was, T2. I well, see no. no resemblance between these films and the Terminator films. Quack! Quack, quack! D3, The Mighty Ducks. 1996. After the events of the second movie, the team is awarded scholarships to a prestigious Minnesota prep high school. Just like the other film, in the first minute, we have eliminated Emilio Estevez. Fucking Hans is back or whatever. Yeah. Now we, we have absolutely no mention of Jan. Like he didn't even exist. Right. It was Hans. only the Duke boys, never their cousins, Coy and Vance. <laughs> The team is awarded scholarships to a prestigious Minnesota prep high school where they become the JV team. The alcoholic lawyer is offered a better position and leaves the team behind, much to favorite kids' dismay. Right away, the team does not like their new coach's style. The new coach strips the favorite kid of his captain status and reassigns players to different positions. Charlie, a selfish son of a bitch. In this third movie, fuck you, Charlie. Really? You know, I think get it, it, get it, idiot, get it. I think it's kind of funny that he uh, is trying to teach him defense the whole time, and he's so defensive the whole movie. <laughs> you know, it seems like you kind of understand it already. You're doing it to everybody around you. It Just occurred to them. Do like, it on the ice. Yeah. All right, Scott. <laughs> Boy, you're a real philosopher once again. Because man, he is. That is not the Charlie from the other movies. That's hurt petulant charlie yeah <laughs> like it is meanwhile the varsity team who resent the team start a prank war that escalates into a hockey showdown at dawn worst prank war ever depicted in film on tv yeah it's it's really ridiculous i had fantasies through the prank war of murder the team gets their asses kicked by the team and gets caught by their coach who chastises them for not showing any defense causing the favorite kid to quit the team. Favorite kid goes to the original old German guy for advice, who tells him perhaps the new coach is right. <laughs> You're like, stop it, Hans. Your cutting your finger off ketchup trick isn't going to work on me this time. <laughs> oh, sorry, I tried it. Okay, what about my I'm having a heart attack <laughs> trick? Will that work? Remember that? I'm going to take a deep breath and pretend it was nothing. <laughs> we all knew you were going to die one scene yeah. later. We all knew. How did that kid not know? <laughs> Look. The favorite kid decides to play hooky instead of hockey. Oh. <laughs> until he finds out the old German guy has died. The alcoholic lawyer returns for the funeral and tells the favorite kid that the new coach's daughter is a cripple and that maybe they can learn something from each other. So Hans's death is not enough. It takes the new coach's kid being crippled. Yeah. Which has nothing to do with really anything. Coach is doing a musical thing where he's pushing yeah. the daughter around to a song. Kind of creepy. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, I guess you'd do it if that was your life. I guess. If hockey was your main thing. Crippled yeah. daughter. We keep saying crippled, probably the wrong word. Handicapped on ice. The favorite kid decides to rejoin the team just as the school decides to pull their scholarships. The new coach decides to fight it and enlists the alcoholic lawyer to put pressure on the school. Awesome scene. It works, and they all get to stay, and they get ready to play varsity in a big game. 
They go from defending the nation to playing the varsity team. Yeah. All right. But, I mean, the varsity team is probably better than any of the teams they played. It seems like in it. the national. From what we thing, see right? visually from the hockey games, without a doubt. The new coach gives them their old jerseys with the old team name, reinstates the favorite kid as captain, and they use their new defense skills to keep the game close. In the end, the favorite kid is about to score when he passes it to their old goalie who scores, winning the game. I wanted to throw up. The alcoholic lawyer is in attendance and is pleased with the favorite kid's maturity. <laughs> I love how you keep calling him the alcoholic lawyer. And that's the <laughs> he first, hasn't been an alcoholic. It's the first five Since minutes, the five of, his minutes of the first movie. That's fine. It was a conscious decision that I made. <laughs> Scott, the success of the Mighty Ducks actually surprised everyone. No one really expected it to do anything. Yeah. Each of the first uh, couple of movies were made for $10 million and they made $50 million. The third film didn't do nearly as well, though, which is so often the trend with our, with our trilogies. Right. I think people were pretty tired of this by the time we got to it in 1996. Yeah. Stephen Brill is the glue that connects this trilogy. He's the writer of all three films. Right. All right. Um, he's a big Adam Sandler dude. Okay. He was the director for Little Nicky and Mr. Deeds. That's right. And now with Adam Sandler's new Netflix deals, he's directed the do-over film, which came out a couple of years with him ago. him and uh, David Spade. Right. And um, the Sandy Wexler Oh, right. Film. I think he also did Heavyweights. Heavyweights. Which starred the... Uh, the one other fat kid in this Goldberg movie. was Not, also in heavyweights. Uh, Goldberg weights. was in it, yeah, but the, the lead was the other fat kid. But I think the thing that makes this film, or this trilogy rather, more iconic than anything else is that they actually made an NHL hockey team. Right. And gave it the name the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Ducks all right? right. Disney founded a hockey team in 1993 between the first and second film. Yeah. They reference it in the third film. It becomes part of the plot line of the third film. Right. A warm welcome to some of the cast, crew, and creative team from the Mighty Ducks movies to celebrate Mighty Ducks movie tribute night here at Honda Center. There's really no use in getting into the directors deeply into these films, although the first director has quite a resume, actually. He directed Critters, cult classic. He directed Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Uh, also a uh, soon-to-be trilogy. Soon to be a trilogy, Perhaps, sure. perhaps. His name is Stephen Herrick, by the way. He also directed Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. And, of course, the tear-jerking Mr. Holland's Opus. <laughs> okay, so when you talk about the reoccurring characters in The Mighty Ducks, you have to start with Emilio Estevez. As Gordon Bombay. As I watch this movie, I realize he's a pretty good actor, definitely a better actor than Charlie Sheen, than his brother Charlie Sheen. I guess they're both sort of similar to me. They both pale in comparison to their father, I think. Martin, I think Martin Sheen. Sheen is much better. And the family connection is really what makes Emilio Estevez half of who he is. You've got to be number one. I won't tolerate any losers in this family. Your intensity is for shit. Win! Win! When? My generation, naturally, we know Emilio Estevez as one of the Brat Pack. Okay. Right. He was in uh, The Breakfast Club, of course. As the jock. As the jock. Um, but he was also Billy the Kid in Young Guns 1 and 2. Yes. All right. Which, which for me is all about the Bon Jovi song. Not the movies. <laughs> not the films. I just love the song. 
one of the things I think of when I think of Emilio Estevez is the uh, Night at the Roxbury sketch from SNL. They're always, or I think in the movie, the story is always has something to do with Emilio Estevez. Like, you're like I saw Emilio Estevez there, and I was like, Emilio! Emilio! Mighty Duckman, I swear to God, I was there! It's also worth mentioning in terms of his career that he was also in the stakeout films one and two. With, That's right. With Richard And Dreyfuss. he had a mustache. Yeah, and you know what? They were pretty good films, actually. Yeah, you know, they I like those they movies. They were bad. And the I, second one, they had the sort of unnecessary addition of uh, Rosie. Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. yeah, we were talking about the Naked Gun trilogy. Didn't you mention he was also the star of Loaded yes. Weapon? Yes, yes, he is the star of Loaded which Weapon, which is a uh, which he's perfect for. I think his style of like that stoic look works for that comedy because something like you know ha- half the time shit's falling down around him and he's like, well, like, you said he's got that kind of deadpan face, so yeah. that makes sense. So you got Estevez. Yeah. He is the guiding light in these films. You have the kids that are in all the movies. Most of them have done very little since the movies. I'm going to mention them very quick in passing. All sure. Right? Guy Germain. He's got the, Who relas- the fuck is that? He's got the relationship with the girl where he's he's oh right the girl in the first movie. You got uh, Matt Doherty playing Lester Ackerman at Averman. Averman. Lester- and that's the nerdy kid, right? Who's famous mostly in the first movie because he keeps doing the. SNL copy guy riff. Copy guy riff, yeah, which really dates these movies, huh? I mean, it was funny at the time. I liked the copy guy in the early 90s, but boy. But people riffing on it was always like, let him do it, okay? No one watching this movie now would have any clue what he's talking about. I know. They'd be like, what's wrong with this guy? There's a lot of that in these movies now. Randy! The Randster! Only one copy for the Rand Man! Randy! You got Marguerite Morneau playing Connie Morneau. She's in that one movie that you like. What's it called? Wet Hot American Summer. She's, uh, and I'm sure she's in the TV shows as well. Ton of TV. Yeah. You got Sean Weiss playing Goldberg. Yeah, who was basically Goldberg in every movie in the 90s. You said heavyweights already. Some TV, most famous because of his drunken addictions. Well, yes, recently. Last yeah. summer, he we actually chronicled it in our Instagram post. He went down with a uh, a DUI or a di- caught with meth or something. He's got problems because he's like real thin now. Too. Very looks, thin. Looks, looks very awful. strange. Looks very old. How about Vincent Larusso playing the Adam Banks character? Yeah, and I couldn't really find anything. He's in. Eldon Henson played Fulton Reed, the first. Uh, the first Bash brother, the fir- the initial Bash right. brother. Now, he's a trilogy superstar. He was in the Dumb and Dumber trilogy. Oh, really? But he's also f- kind of famous now because he was in all the Hunger Games movies. I knew him from uh, Idle Hands, a movie with that's the guy, that's the Devin movie. Sawa, and he gets his hand possessed. The hand is attacking someone. Yeah, and he kills his, but he kills his friends, and his friends are that guy and uh, Seth Green. And then you got the big boy of it all, Josh Jackson. Yes. Now, I hate Josh Jackson. I hate Why him. Why do you hate him? Because Amy, over the years, has forced me to watch Dawson's Creek, and his character on it, the Pacey character, is so detestable, so falsely intelligent, so unlike any high school human being that has ever existed, so artificially wise. I, I just, I couldn't even... I couldn't even like him in this movie if I wanted to. You never saw him in Urban Legend? I mean... As a kid, he excelled in movies where he dealt with animals, like Andre, the seal movie. He's in Andre? You bet your ass he's in fucking Andre. Oh, I, I liked Andre. I mean, I was a child, but you know. And he was in... Does that seal die at the end? 
I hope so. I, I didn't see it. Does. I didn't see it. But I think he gets severely injured because he goes through a window or something God, and gets like all cut up. The seal gets injured by yeah, going through a window. The seal goes through like a window at some point and then gets cut up by the glass. And then they're like, oh no, Andre. And then I think that's, he's okay. I think they release him back into the wild at the end. Josh Jackson was also in Magic in the Water where he, uh, he played a kid that was investigating the Loch Ness Monster. Look. <laughs> what? I hate him, okay? <laughs> when I'm with you, I feel like I'm nothing. Feel like I'm nothing. He's the trilogy superstar because he's got that cameo in Ocean's Eleven. Actually, Josh Jackson has been in the When They See Us uh, on Netflix. Oh yes, about the about the Central Park Five. So he's relevant still, but uh, it doesn't stop me from hating him. He's a hotshot attorney who's never lost. Yes. Forced to coach a hockey team that's never won. The Mighty Ducks. Scott, the Mighty Ducks. Childhood favorite of mine when I was a kid. Was it really? I enjoyed them. It's, I was much more familiar with the second one I found when I was rewatching. In terms of when you'd seen it and everything? The parts, the things that I thought would have been in the first movie were all in the second movie. Oh, is that right? Yeah. It's pretty obviously a Bad News Bears ripoff. With Sports a twist. Movie. I mean, I think there's, I mean, it's a tweaked. It's a tweaked. It's definitely the same structure. It's the same basic setup. But I think the character of Gordon Bombay is looking for some sort of redemption or some sort of to forgive himself in some way. Whereas, like, Buttermaker doesn't really give a shit until he's like, you really grew on me, kid. Well, I like Walter, you. You know, it's funny you should he say goes that. Through a, Walter Matthau almost stumbles upon it. He's not looking for it. But at the same time, there's still an alcohol element to each of them. Sure. And their fall from yeah. grace, right? But isn't it always, you know? It's the easiest one to sure. bounce back from in movies. <laughs> um, th- the makeup of the team is similar. You have the older character who's really good because he's older and bigger and more powerful. And right. They bring him on later. You right. have a girl. And he's kind of like a trouble kid, you know? Exactly. You have a girl that's really good, de- right. deceptively good. We don't have a little racist like in Bad News Bears, so that's... <laughs> We Progress. don't. We don't have a little foul mouth <laughs> racist. That's true. Um, but you know they do have the same scene where um, Josh Jackson is advised to to cheat in the same way that Buttermaker yeah. wants the kid to get hit by the ball and to cheat. And, right. You know. Right. There's no, you're right. little elements to it. Definitely. They, there's story elements. They straight up lifted. What's the matter with you? Next time I tell you to do something, goddammit, you do it, or else you're off this team. What the hell is the matter with you? When I tell you to do something, you do it. You got it? Oh, so um, they introduce us to kids. The kids. And there's this overly complicated prank. The dog shit. They had to buy a can of like red hot beans, find a stray dog, feed it to that stray dog, wait around for it to take a shit. Just It's just going on and on. And we're like, we're supposed to like these kids? They're little shits. I hate just, them. There's no reason for them to have done that. Now, here's the long and the short of it. I hate hockey and I don't like kids. So he gets assigned to coach the team. He goes out there to meet them out on the ice and he tells the driver uh, to just drive out on the ice. And the guy like gives him a look like, what? And he's like, oh, it's all right. It'll be fine. In reality, that would not be fine. I don't care how thick the ice is. Why would you ever do that and endanger that many people? Never. And when the mom comes out later to yell at him, she's got every right to be yelling at him. Seriously. What are you doing, you idiot? Although I was like, she's yelling at him like, you endangered these kids' lives. And then she turns around and leaves. And as she's leaving, the driver is hanging that kid upside down by his ankles, Scott, shaking it's, him. it's one of the funniest parts in the movie. <laughs> He's trying to get his candy back from the kid who stole it. And that actor's name is M.C. Ganey, right? And he's been in a lot of cool movies, okay? He was in Con Air. He's the guy flying the fucking plane in Con Air. He's Swamp That's Thing. That's right. See you, Swamp Thing? 
That's right. Flying a plane? That's right. It's amazing to see you white trash know. That's right. Oh, I like how they have, they're looking down the line of, of all the championships of every single year the Hawks have won except that one year with that ugly colored fucking flag that just says <laughs> second place. That's not what it would say, though, it's, right? It, looks it would say like they made it to the finals, or like runner-up. Like, yeah, right. Like they had made they had they had made it to the finals. That's a distinction on its on itself. How about winning they, the finals? How about is, they wouldn't get a banner and it wouldn't right, even be or there, there? Wouldn't be anything there. Yeah. Like how ridiculous that he's like, boy, I wish they just take that down. Like, yeah. yeah, me too. We I would all too. Do. It shouldn't be there. Because it's the awful. Yeah. It's like it's literally uh, like it's we, teasing you. This we flag. get it. It's the biggest <laughs> regret of the fucking whole state of Minnesota. Right. We understand. Wait, wait, maybe we should watch the flashback one more yeah. time. Why don't you <laughs> punctuate it a little, a little yeah. more? For how us. important this is oh, to the story and to his character development. Dear God, <laughs> I made a flag. Just to embarrass you. <laughs> That'd be great. He fucking Gordon Bombay leaves, and then he just says, like, all right, you can take that flag down now. Like, they weren't going to make one. I had to make it for them. <laughs> I said, no, no, do it on my dime, okay? I'll pay for it. You're not even a has-been. You're a never was. The actor playing Hans? Yes. Okay, now that's Joss Ackland. I know him as Chuck Denomalos. From uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Stop wasting time. I hate them. I hate the robot versions of them. I know him as the bad apartheid guy from the second Lethal Weapon movie. Yeah. Diplomatic immunity. Exactly. I was waiting, like, every single movie he was in for him to just turn, like, be like, oh, yes, and Gordon, there is one more thing I must tell you. What's that? Diplomatic <laughs> immunity. Like, what? It's utterly insane that he leaves for the second film, is replaced by a lookalike, just another German. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Fine. Yeah. Sounds the same, looks the same. Right. Then comes back in the third one. What are you doing? Yeah. Why are you back? Diplomatic community. And what's funny is Estevez has a tendency to sneak acting into this movie. It reminded me you gotta of have poor, someone who can act. A it reminded bit. me of poor Tony Curtis in the third Bad News Bears acting his heart out for nothing. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. I mean, just doing These his kids. best. <laughs> Honestly, doing his best. Ad libbing, using the script, everything, facial expression, just acting his poor heart out for no good reason in an insane movie. You wouldn't know a good actor if he sat on your face. Hans. Made like seven thousand dollars on that deal of providing them with the sharp of all the equipment. You did the math on that? No, they show you it. Oh, they show you his like punch, punching in the register, <laughs> and it's like seven thousand dollars. I'm like, so he got fifteen grand. Seven thousand of it went to Hans. I think that's a little suspicious. That like Hans shows up, he goes to talk to Hans. He's like, remember, it's all about having fun and playing the game. Maybe you could ask your boss for some money and then give it to me. Makes uh, you wonder what Hans' real inspiration he, is. Yeah, what's he up to, you know? What's his real... Yeah, I, I think, I personally think Hans is XSS, you know? Scott, that's disgusting. <laughs> How could you? But I'm with you. I believe you. But possibly, yes. You said it, not me, man. Diplomatic community. <laughs> Just been revoked. The Jesse character, he's the main black kid in this film. Yeah. And he's in the uh, Michael Jackson Moonwalker video oh, I yes. mentioned yeah, yeah, earlier, right, right, many right. other things. Right, right. His younger brother, I think, is played by 
Jesse Smollett. Scott, why don't you tell us exactly every detail with perfect precision about that case? Go. Uh, he faked getting his ass kicked, and uh, they found out about it, and uh, then they let him go. A, Put him on trial. A perfectly succinct analysis, Scott. That is exactly what happened. And then he's not on that show anymore, I don't think. What was the show? Empire? Today. Scott, you can tell this is a pre-Columbine thing when Estevez walks into the school and says, I have a list of these children. I want to see them right away. <laughs> and the principal's like, here you go. They happen to all be in the same place. We're on lockdown. <laughs> go right ahead. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. No That's problem. Not, who is this guy? You can just go get him because we like, don't have hey, any security. Hey, hey. I'm their hockey coach. I think I know what's best. Estevez goes on a date with Charlie's mom, right? Right. And she says the line, oh, look at me. I'm rambling away. She said nothing so far during <laughs> yeah. the date. She had said the first line and then went, I'm rambling away. All right, ramblers, let's get rambling. A cake eater. Does it mean rich person? Is that just what it means? Yes. So you like you get cake and poor people don't get cake? You bet your ass. <laughs> Let them eat Cause, cake. Because it was one of those, like, only now watching. And I was like, oh, yeah, cake eater. I, I, it makes sense now. But as a child, I'm like, what the fuck is he it saying? It sounds like, like like a horrifying slur, but it isn't. Like, for whatever reason, the word cake eater, you fucking cake eater. <laughs> it sounds like it should be some horrible slur, but it's not. Well, if he's not going to make it, at least we should go ahead and eat the cake. I, for one, love the corners. <laughs> it's not even that good. I don't, even look, I don't even want it. I had cake for lunch. Why would these kids care if, if Estevez used to be a hawk? Why would they care? They wouldn't care. Just no. no one, whatever. It's so stupid. Right. Like, these are like hard and fast like lines. We're like, no, I'm sorry, we don't mingle with. It'd be like if my mother was like the kids who look exactly like. It'd be us like if my mother was like, I went to a different high school, our rival high school. I hope you still trust me. No, fuck you, mom. You went to the rival high school. <laughs> no, like, what? you're done. Who gives a shit? No Sorry, I know I know you your whole life, but now that you're on this other team for a week, fuck you, dude. Exactly, exactly. Fulton, the, uh, you know, big Bash brother. The main, first Bash the, brother. An original Bash. Original. Um, it, it has superhuman strength. He's blowing through nets. He's blowing through windows. He's blowing, like, it's ridiculous. If I have to see... That point of view shot of the puck flying through the air and every player moving out of the way, which, whoa, whoa, whoa. which has never happened Ever. even at the lowest levels of hockey. Like it's the, like the puck is the evil dead. <laughs> yeah, Come really. Idea, like. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's, that, it's a ridiculous point of view shot that no one needs. Yeah. That's exactly right. At least the evil dead, it was a fucking demon behind it. Right, and that makes sense. This is a goddamn hockey puck. (laughs) What are you looking at, you hockey puck? So we see these gimmicky plays like the the girl that ice skates comes out and spins. They get into the V (laughs) formation. Like all this gimmicky nonsense. I think it's funny. That is just, it's stupid. It's not. And then they really go crazy in the next one, but. I like the flying V. It's pretty iconic for this movie. That's like the most... That and the quack, quack, quack are the only... I hate it. Quack, 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 quack. At the very end, Hans is talking to him. And he's like, thank you, Hans. And I really just wanted Hans to turn and go, I, I barely did anything <laughs> at all. Like, he had I, one conversation with him and then fucking... <laughs> he then fucking doused him for $7,000. Like... 
But you can't get over that money. You can't get over the fact. Because it seems a little convenient you that they really had a conversation like in the next scene he's giving him $7,000. Like, I feel like your opinion is that Hans took that seven Gs and escaped and that's in why he's not movie. in the second movie. Yeah. And he went back to fucking Germany. That or this is, he's going back and forth from hockey peewee team to peewee team, just being, inspiring the coach, <laughs> getting $7,000, and then being out. By the third movie, he's like, I blew through the whole 7000 I've got the He's scored in the round? No. Oh, uh, shit. Back to sharpening this is skates. Bad. I killed my brother. He's dead. It's now me who runs the skate shop. It was me only thinner. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, we have to go to the second film. Let's move on. We have to. The only thing tougher than turning losers into champions is doing it twice. D2, the Mighty Ducks are back. Okay, we're talking D2, the Mighty Ducks. These kids think they can skate in a shopping mall in multiple films. Where did they get off? I got to tell you. I hate the ducks at the beginning of this movie. Like, I'm like, any yeah. goodwill you had, you guys just acted like dickholes the entire opening of this movie. Assholes. Going, we're back! Woo! And just fucking shit up through town. This whole movie's a ridiculous premise. I can't tell you how much I hate it, but that's <laughs> one of the things. We, we get to that see... That they've just been waiting around, just waiting to strap their fucking rollerblades on. Guys, it's an international competition. It's up against the world. Hey, man, bring them on. We're ready. Oh, I do like when... Uh, I believe his name is Mr. Tibbles, shows up, which I have a problem with that whole character. But when he first shows up and offers him the job, he looks at him and he was like, huh, you look better than you do in the pictures. And like, he's like, what do you want? He's like, I want you. Oh, Mr. Tibbles. You don't like Michael Tucker, the actor Michael Tucker, playing that part? It's not that I don't like him. My problem with his character is this, okay? He can't be the heavy being like, you know, we expected results, I and mean, you've got to win, and you're no good to us if you don't win, and then the next second turn into fucking Mr. Bean on ice and be falling all over himself. But, like, but you know what? That's why this movie is bullshit, because he's hardly the heavy. He's heavy for one scene. The rest of the time, he's totally supportive of the team. There's that word again, heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Oh, they see the, a limo pull up, and I think it's uh, what's-his-face coming to offer him the job, and they're, right. like, super impressed with the limo. And they're like, whoa, a limo. What? Who's inside? It, wow, this is great. I'm like, in the first movie, he drove up with a limo and nobody gave a shit. They were like, get out of here. You don't know us. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. And then they see a limo later. Like, wow, limo. Well, they, things get very con Listen. Things Scott, changed, I guess, over those Scott, two years, you know? You know how big the Hendrix hockey name is. It's the kind of corporation that can take over the nation. Sure. I mean, it's influencing it's impressive. everyone. Scott. It's Hendrix Hockey. Call today and get this incredible puck for eight knuckle-tastic payments of 1994. Knuckle puck. Scott, their training before they go to L.A. consists of, I wrote it down, they scrimmaged, then there was a lassoing routine, then they did a line dance, then they went to L.A. That was the whole training. I literally wrote down, can we learn hockey now? Let's work together. Like, in the background, <laughs> like... No one's hockeying. <laughs> no oh, boy, one is... Scott, we didn't talk about the different stereotypes that were added to the team. The U.S. team apparently consists of all of the Ducks. Then they've added Speedy Gonzalez. He's from Miami. That's how they present him. Yeah. And we know him, of course, later on as the lead from The Sandlot, that actor. Right. right. Um, an infinitely better sports film. Yeah. 
they bring in a Texan guy who's good at roping. Which has nothing to do with, with hockey. And let's just beat the shit out of that idea and have him rope oh in every... And you know what? That actor, in reality, isn't an actor. That dude's a professional rodeo guy. Wow. Like, he went on to become a professional roper. Yeah! How's everyone? Y'all ready to play some puck? Hey, look, it's Hoppelholm Gretzky. <laughs> we, of course, needed an Asian figure skater because we didn't already have one figure skater. Yeah. Um, as well as a second bad boy. That reminded me, I was going to say, of Major League Two when they bring in uh, the Japanese guy and yes. him and Serrano kind of become tight. Yes. Yeah. Like, where they kind of butted heads at first, and then, I mean, with these guys, it's a lot faster. They're right. like, we're soulmates, like right. you and me. And, oh, and, and then Ronda Rousey comes in to play goal. As yes. Well. So. Julie the Cat. Meow. Is there a Trinidad hockey team? Scott, that was my next word. Even though you said multiple words there. <laughs> I, a, you would have summed it up in one a, word, I though. I think there definitely is not. <laughs> and B, the movie clearly confuses Trinidad with Jamaica. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, they conf it seems like they're confusing Iceland with Germany, too. So it's, you know. It's all the same. Yeah. And that brings us right to where Iceland is. My favorite line, we discussed a little bit how Iceland is strangely the heavy in this movie. Yeah. But the incomprehensible coach says something like, you with your American freedom of speech. Yeah, they have that in Iceland, too. Yeah. It's the most free place. He says at one point, he was like, oh, of course, you would act like that. So brash, freedom of speech, America. You're yeah. like, what? That's not a sentence, what you just said, <laughs> sir. I think that might be the exact sentence. We were talking the same thing. But it seems yeah. like he throws the word America on the end of it. And with a straight face, you're going to tell students that America is so star-spangled awesome that we're the only ones in the world who have freedom? The Iceland team comes in uh, during that press conference or whatever. They're taking pictures, and there's that polar bear. And fucking, she goes, she's like, you so a uh, giant polar bear with sunglasses, that's part of hockey now? And it's like, yeah, he's a mascot. <laughs> like every hockey team has. There are giant bears at every hockey game, probably everywhere. But Oftentimes, the mascot Some is, sort of even, giant is even stupider looking. Right. Yeah. And I thought it was just ridiculous. I'm like, you clearly don't know anything about hockey. Meet Gritty. That's the new mascot for the Philadelphia Flyers. You may want to avert your eyes. Mr. Tibbles brings him to his new house that they got him. This yeah. sweet little, little pad for him. But as they're going in, did you notice the music? Gets like sexy Kenny G like saxophone like it does <laughs> like it's just very like and he's like I think I'm gonna like it the enduring power of Hendrix hockey they got Kenny G too they can give you an entire <laughs> it's like the firm they buy your house for you yeah. everything and they own you <laughs> yeah. They, oh, they play the prank on the kid, the shaving cream, yeah. and tickling him. My memory, you do that once. You do it once. Way to beat it to death. And God. like they keep doing it. The kid's face is absolutely covered in shade. They're all like laughing. And all I kept thinking, what if the kid like suffocated in the shaving cream? And it was like, just boys having fun. Oh, they murdered one of their teammates. <laughs> boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Yeah, boys will be boys. The scene uh, where they go through L.A. and they try to get into all the stores and everything. Yeah, that entire Rodeo Drive scene with the people modeling clothes for them, inexplicable. Yeah, which I also think is weird because the whole premise is he's Aaron Spelling's nephew. 
Yeah, but then they go in and he's like, oh, I'm picking out something for my mother. And they like keep going and like showing him like the fact that it had to get to him go, eh, my mom's really interested in a bikini for her to go. God. Get out. Seriously. <laughs> like you didn't figure this out before that. I want to find an outfit that really makes my dick hard so I can fuck my uh mother. Get out. Seriously. <laughs> my quote unquote in this scenario. Jesus. My mother. His mother was a mother. I love Jan sees him coaching and he's wearing the suit <laughs> and he seems like, uh oh, like I know he's going bad because he's wearing a suit. You've like, given up on <laughs> yeah. hockey. Oh, he's not wearing street clothes. Something's wrong. You know I have to travel there immediately. I'm so glad you said that because my next note, Jan's got the same mentality as the children in this movie. And it's yeah. and this overriding theme where the adults should give up every possible thing about their lives for these kids. Yeah. All the time. Have no other independent interests. Give up everything, their jobs, their careers, any chance to make money for the kids. It's like Estevez is basically like, give me a break, guys. I, I, yeah. I got I to pay the rent. What? Uh, yeah. Like, Give me a break. It's, yeah, they kind of, yeah. They're a little hard on him. And Jan, too. Yeah, Jan, too. Fucking Jan. <laughs> You're no Hans, Jan. We just want to pop you off. The, uh, there's the this is your brain on drugs reference. Yeah. When he crumples up the, you know, cardboard cutout of himself, sets it That's on right. fire. He's like, this is, this is a distraction. This is a fire barrel. This is a distraction in a fire barrel. Any questions? And you're like, why? That doesn't even track with the way that works. What are also, you saying? Also, it's extremely dated at this point. Any questions? I like Wayne Gretzky uh, shows up to pick up a check, <laughs> and then it's just out. So does Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, yeah. mysteriously. <laughs> right. Okay. What? Okay. What do you have to do with this? Cool. Oh, there's a line one of the showdowns with uh, where he meets up with the Iceland coach, and he's like... Uh, He's like, oh, you're going to do the, the triple deke that your daddy taught you? <laughs> and he's like, oh, was it that old geezer over there to yawn? <laughs> Actually, it was the other old geezer. He's not here right now. He's in Germany. Listen, they just try and tack everything on in this final scene. Every possible conclusion. You got a guy that's actually roping people yeah. on the ice. What in the hell is going on here? Oh, that that was ridiculous. That I didn't like, but then when the Bash brothers come out and they get everyone going, I'm like, I'm fine with that. That makes more sense. The lasso, you're like, that's not hockey. What they're doing is hockey. <laughs> At the end, when he's about to give them the new uniforms. The ducks fly together and he hands them the new But uniforms. like Jan walks in and cuts off that line. Yeah. And you're like, ducks fly together. I'm like, you son of a bitch. You just stole my... I'm the coach. What are you doing? You're just walking in. That is my moment and you stole it from yeah. me. Now, new ducks and old ducks must unite under a new banner. And I thought perhaps something like this. I'm literally typing in my note. I'm like, ah, oh, can you actually change uniform? And then he's like, I'm being told now there is no rule about changing uniforms mid-game. They're like, oh, well, that shut me the fuck up. <laughs> like, you know what? Never I, mind. Okay. I think there almost definitely is, is a, rule a rule about and it. And they just... And again, we've ignored the fact that this is an organized, important <laughs> hockey thing. Yeah. And you can't just do whatever you want. They're the USA team. You can't do that. Yeah. You can't do what you want. 
I mean, it didn't really say ducks on the uniform. It was just the logo, but whatever. Oh, and them doing the we will quack you, the whole audience. I was just, stop, stop. It's awful. Uh, (laughs) And Scott, when they go from the plane into the duck formation shot to end the movie. Flying V? I want to just throw the hell up. Yeah, what the hell? A lot of weird final shots in these movies. You got the perverse use of we are the champions to end this movie. Disgusting. Well, them around the fire? Yeah. I actually thought it was okay. Scott, everyone knows that the only use of that song is from Revenge of the Nerds. And they're trying to use it here. And you know what? The, no one in this movie is a booger, is a wormser. You're a booger. <laughs> the Mighty Ducks are back. D3, The Mighty Ducks. Scott, that brings us to D3. Three. Mighty Ducks. The movie should have really been in 3D. Scott, going into this movie, I had no hopes whatsoever. I disliked one. I did not. And either. thoroughly detested two. So I could not imagine that this would be anything but putrid. But I got to tell you, I was, I wouldn't say delightfully surprised, but I was surprised. Honestly, I saw this third one 20 years ago when it came out, over 20 years ago. And don't remember much. Don't remember being very good. And then rewatching it, I was surprised that it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I mean, going it's to not be. good. I mean, these aren't right. good movies. Any but of them. It, it but really does have moments where you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like if this had been the first movie and then they didn't make any more, I could almost kind of live with it. Honestly, I would bet if you looked it up, it was probably a different movie script. Yeah. Okay. And they were like, if you make it a Mighty Ducks, Mighty movie, Ducks will produce we'll make it. it. Yep. That makes sense. That's it, little girl. You saved Itchy and Scratchy. Please sign these papers indicating that you did not save Itchy and Scratchy. Uh, there's the one guy who's one of the, he's the the big meathead guy who's on the varsity team, the blonde uh-huh. guy. Yeah. He Another is, version of the Nazi character. He was on uh, Walking Dead and was essentially their, oh. uh, like, big tough enforcer guy. Oh. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. So it was funny seeing him because he seems like he's too old to be in this movie. I don't give a monkey's left nut. I think the main substitution, though, was the fact that Estevez was not around to be the coach. So it was right. substituted with an actor whose name is Jeff Nordling. Tons of TV, 90s and 2000s. Yeah. And I think he's good in this movie. I'm not going to lie to you. I think he's strong. He kind of gives up his morals at the end where it's just like, all right, have fun. And here's your. We don't see a scene where he transitions into kind of understanding the kids. But that's OK, because since they suck, we assume that he was right the whole time anyway. You're not kids. Little ducks anymore, so I'm not going to treat you that way. You're going to learn to play two-way hockey, offense and defense. It represents what the others lacked, which was a real coach with real hockey stuff going on. Like, it yeah. really sounded like he knew about hockey stuff. Right. So Yeah, let's talk about defense and stuff and not fucking knuckle pucks. I'm you know? telling you, knuckle puck. Oh, I don't know if you noticed or perhaps know. Probably did and do. The teacher... One of their teachers in the third movie is the principal from the first movie, the woman. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. Because like they have a close-up of her. I'm like, holy shit, that's the same. So huh. she must be some, I don't know. Friend of the family. Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, the more, She's you, like the producer the more you watch these teachers, you're saying to yourself, looks like they're getting a pretty good education at this school, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, Charlie seems like really unappreciative. You're like, dude. 
you, pretty great. It's a good school, yeah. like, and you're going there on a free ride. So why don't you shut the fuck up and yeah. play hockey? Like, boo hoo, like, boo hoo. She gives many quizzes. Oh no, I'm not a duck anymore. Like, yeah. uh, a- advanced classes, they give you many quizzes. That's what happens, you fucking dummy. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> pretty strange how he goes on a date with the girl, and the three things they have in common are the band Pantera, REM, and the films of John Woo. Yeah. I was like, the films of John Woo, really? Who you are- both like the films of John Woo? <laughs> Who are these weirdos? Oh, Broken Arrow is my favorite. I just love it. Who like, are these strange yeah, people? Yeah, I was like, well, we know we both like R.E.M. and John Woo movies. Like, that doesn't sound like a kid your age would like those things. <laughs> like, yeah, it's... Well, we both like Pogs. Like... <laughs> You're out of your mind. Yeah. Ain't it cool? What is their obsession with turds? What like, do you mean? Well, and as we discussed in the first movie, our introduction to them was following that dog around to get him to shit, and then they follow a horse around and wait for it to take a shit, and then they put it in the brownies and give it to the varsity guys. They're like, what is your obsession with poop pranks? Like, it has to be poop-related. We almost made him eat poop! Glad you mentioned the pranking in these films. It's really strange, Scott. The whole build-up to the prank where the varsity team brings the freshman team to the club that whole build-up is leaving them with the check that's what it was that was the the prank prank. yeah so why would the people who own the restaurant ever let those other guys leave thank you they have a cake that says thanks for dinner losers on it (laughs) and like they wouldn't go wait a minute you're not going to leave them with the bill. They're, they don't have money. They're children. They're like 15. They don't have money. Okay, so evil thought for this prank was, because I was hating these movies to this point. And they were going to get poisoned. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, the senior should leave and burn this fucker down with everybody inside. <laughs> just kill sliding them. a pipe through the Kill door. them. Just, just, no, no. Just kill them. So then we get to... <laughs> Another ridiculous prank. It's the Red Wedding. <laughs> That's right. right there. <laughs> uh, we get to the other ridiculous prank involving the fire ants. Okay? So they set all this up, this elaborate fire ant thing. And really, these seniors should come out and just beat the piss out of all these kids. Instead, they're like, we're going to get you. And they run away. I know. They're standing right there like, kick the shit out of them. Why are you just standing right. there? Like You knock the ants off now. That's it. Now we're going to play hockey, which yeah. is what we were going to do you. anyway. We'll check you hard into the boards because <laughs> I'm angry about my dad. So meanwhile, Evil Vin, as he saw these pipes being placed under the door, was saying, pipe carbon monoxide into these rooms and murder all of these seniors. Kill them all. Wouldn't that be goodbye, varsity team? Wouldn't that be quite a prank? Now we're the varsity team. <laughs> we're gonna get you. I feel sleepy. That's honestly, Scott. That's where my mind was going. We get to the <laughs> yes. this point. You in were the third hoping the movie, movie was gonna abruptly end forty yeah. minutes in. I just wanted people <laughs> With every to die. main character dying. I couldn't in take some it anymore. Tragic way. I couldn't take. And this is the one I liked the most. And I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I killed them. I killed them all. They're dead. Every single one of them. Uh, I love during the game, they have Hans listening to the game on the radio. And his, like, uh. they just keep cutting back to him for his commentary. And he was like, 
that's my ducks. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And then at one point, like, like they, they have like the nine point lead and they start blowing it. And he's, and like, you're like, whoa, Charlie Conway is really uh, riled up out there. <laughs> and, and, and he's just like, you, to himself, just sitting like, you have to come yourself, Charlie. Play the game. You can do it. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I really enjoyed the entire scene in the boardroom where Estevez rolls in and he's a lawyer. And with a series of really empty threats, he's able to somehow get all of them scholarships to right. the school. Yeah. And there's right. no evidence, nothing. It's all the just The board threats. members, so funny, raising their hands, too. They're like, we have no choice. When you hear that we one guy no in the choice. background just go, we have no choice. You just <laughs> yeah. hear it. And honestly, if we hadn't seen Gordon Bombay earlier showing him, you know, for the funeral, and he showed up in that lawyer scene, it would have been much more badass. I agree. Like, if he just said, oh, shit, Emilio's here. Yeah, that <laughs> like, would have been cooler. Yeah. But would've still, been... but he had a nice scene with him. Yeah, well, he's got to lay the... He would not come back for Hans. He's got to lay the gaudy Ducks jersey onto the guy. Yeah, the Guy's probably a veteran. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Uh, wrong from s- Germany. Yeah, wrong side. <laughs> still. Still. He made you fly. <laughs> Never forget it. He's the one. Well, every time we flew, it was because of Hans. Goldberg is like, <laughs> I'm, not, yeah, yeah. I'm not really cool Goldberg's with this like, guy. Yeah. Uh... This is how we say goodbye in Germany, Dr. Jones. Oh. We're in the final big game. Tell me what you love about it. Uh, yeah, that one part where the other Bash brother, well, he shows up, right? Yay. He's back in all of a sudden, which okay. seems like, why wasn't he just there from the beginning? Um, but he comes in and fucking bashes that big blonde dude through the glass like eight feet in the air. His skates go over his head. He could slash someone's throat. Seriously, it should and have been a fucking bloodbath. It's that famous hockey player that got his neck slashed during the game. Yeah. And he's like cupping his throat. Yeah, he a survived. couple of people have. There's been two of them. Yeah. I just want to say, too, uh, after he smashes that guy through that window, he gets put in the penalty box and acts like an absolute jackass, right? But it's not like he's in the penalty box. He wasn't thrown out of the game, but he tears all of his pads, all of his clothes off, and starts throwing it into the stands like, you can get out of the penalty box at yeah. some point, you idiot. I don't What get was it. the point of you coming back? Does he come back in the smashing game? Smashing one guy through some glass, and now you're out of the game. I don't think he ever plays again. No, nope, he doesn't come back in the game. It's after very that. strange. Yeah. Oh, I like, too, he gives him the C back to be the captain. What is that, uh, some masking tape on the back of that? It's not sewn on. How does it stay on? What is that, Velcro? It's Velcro. I don't, I don't know. know. Velcro Could works be. that way. Could be. Yeah. He just scotch-taped it. I said to myself, <laughs> that's going to fall right off. Um, I love fucking Gordon Bombay keeps coming in and just swooping in and taking all the credit for the movie. Like, at the end of the movie, he's there again, and it's like... Like, like so, like, of course, they dot all the I's and cross all the T's in this movie, so at the end, all the things happen. Yeah. I thought at first they were going to give him the last shot, too, but they do bring it then back to the ice, and we see the their coach. But Brady. then, the last shot is not that. The last shot what? fades out, and then it goes to that old shot of him and Charlie and they, from the fire, first and movie. And a firework <laughs> happens from their high five! <laughs> I couldn't stop fucking... What the hell? I couldn't stop fucking laughing. It was so fucking funny to me. Yeah. Well, because earlier they show that shot of him going, yeah, with Charlie. And when they put it in slow motion, it looks like he's rearing back to punch him in the face. <laughs> so I thought that was funny already. And like, it has some little jaunty, ah, like, yeah, that's magic. They made magic with hockey. On the road to glory! 
Scott, we've been spoiling Phil lately. He's been involved in a lot of our recent podcasts right here in New York City. It's true. So we got to really make him live up to his title as field correspondent. And I felt like it would make sense to send him to Minnesota, to the icy hinterland, so that he could understand and experience the hockey world that this movie comes from. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be nice to get an idea of uh, what it's like out there. I mean, I don't know anything about hockey. I don't know anything about Minnesota. So thank God we've got the kind of guy that can go and figure out the truth. That's exactly what he's here for. All right, so let's hear what he, he's got. Let's take a listen. Hey, folks, Phil here, your field correspondent for the Trilogy Podcast. Today, I'm in Minnesota, visiting the very same iced-over pond that Coach Gordon Bombay once played on as a child. And I'm doing it in style. The fellas set me up with a stretch limo just like Gordon Bombay, kicking it Emilio style. And it looks like we're coming up on the pond now. Wow, look at that. Better start lacing up my skates. Uh, driver, hey, listen, we're getting real close to the ice there. Uh, Driver? Uh, driver. Hey, driver, hello? Hey, yo, where are you going? Oh, he just tucked and rolled. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. Ah, oh, jeez. Oh, no. Oh, the cab is filling with ice and water. Oh, ice water. Oh, it's cold. Oh, God. Hey! Hey, you gotta get me out of here! <laughs> wow. Okay. For me, um, obviously, I don't think this was a successful trilogy. Maybe if I had seen it when I was seven or eight years old. Uh, but honestly, none of these films are, are very good at all. They're, yeah. they're not well made and they're not well constructed. So for me, it's an unsuccessful trilogy. I'm going three. One, because I like Estevez's good guy routine midway through his redemption yeah two which was i just thought awful business you know yeah it's tough i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna say it's unsuccessful because i mean part of me is nostalgic about these movies i watched them when i was a kid i was very familiar with the second one so i almost gravitate more toward the second one just because that's more in my memory sure um but i can't say it's successful though because i was the age group for these movies and i didn't really see the third one until it was like out on video and i saw it out of like you know i i should have been at the theater i should if it was right. really if it was that successful that people wanted to see another one so i can't really say it's successful and i think um, i might say two Ugh. is my favorite just Ugh. because it's the one i'm again nostalgic, nostalgic most familiar with so I might say two, one, three, but honestly, uh, I mean, three is the I think they all, I think they all have their really redeeming qualities, uh, but then they all have their schlocky Disney '90s shit uh, with the fucking sound effects of people jumping on things and flying over things and well, crashing well then it, into you know, things. Then just it's think crazy. of it as just little minor personal choices with respect to what we liked the most, since we disliked all of them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Woo, baby! Did it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, as always, for listening to us. I feel exhausted. I feel. I feel like I need sleep. I'm winded. Hockey practice is canceled. I need to go to sleep. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're not going to be in goal for this one, my no, friend. No, You're not. No. Let um, Julie the cat take over. <laughs> she's better than you. Oh, anyway. I just made myself Goldberg. Check us out on Mother Freaking Instagram. It is a great compliment to the podcast. I really try and mimic what we talk about in the podcast. And Scott. Yeah, and I do our Twitter account, and so I'm always posting 
trying to post funny, cool things that are uh, relevant to the episode that we have out currently. We do like a lot of polls. So check it out and uh, get involved, interact. Folks, I'm Vin. And I'm Scott. Thanks so much for listening to the Trilogy Podcast. And let's go play some hockey, ladies and gentlemen. Quack, 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 quack. I can't do it. Oh,